Welcome to the family with the co-host Catherine Brandt, Kevin Pittman, and Andy Brandt Bernard. Alex is not here because her son has a little bit of a cold. Fever. He always had fever. That's what it is. Yeah, okay. he, he had to leave school yesterday because he had a fever. Oh, he did. Oh. And then uh, you can't bring a kid back to school for 24 hours after they. I thought it was 48. Feet. I don't know. Shh. I guess it depends on the place. <laughs> well, he's got yeah, this cold does, yesterday. He he <laughs> just spikes ago. fevers though, and then the next day he's just yeah, absolutely he sure does. fine. He's just one of those kids. When he was teething, he would spike fevers. When yeah. Anything. And and then sometimes he'd spike a fever for two hours and then just be fine. So. I don't know what that means. I mean, a fever is an infection of some kind, but he's fine, I th I'm sure, I think. I texted her. What's going on? I'm just looking at the, the guest list. because. Why do you have two computers? Are you that important? This is all just... Because yeah, this one doesn't work. That one doesn't work. I so thought we had it to... fixed. Oh, it's been a couple of weeks. They've been working on it now. It's been Mine a while. doesn't work? No, no like his, the monitor Mon here where he would normally see the... Work. Streamyard doesn't work, so, so then we have that yeah. one for the streamyard. For heaven's yeah. sakes! I know there's a there's a laptop that's supposed to be in here. Uh, it was messed up, so we sent it in, and it's been a long time. I don't so <clears throat> must have been pretty broken. Oh, why didn't they just send you a new one, like uh, a Dyson air wrap hair dryer? What? <laughs> they just send you a new one when oh. they break. Oh yeah. Uh, they said keep the old one, yep, and then they that's send how you a new are one. Now. Yeah, you try to return it. They're like, no, just uh, well, uh, what they do often is they have you cut the cord. So it's like you cut the cord off, you send them a picture to prove that you broke it so they can send you a new one oh, yeah. to prevent people from, like, scamming them and having two. Oh, they didn't even make me Which is like, that. it's such a, what a waste. It does seem like a waste. It's like, just wreck the old one so you can't profit off of it, and then we'll send you a new one. We're not going to try, we're not going to bother trying to fix it or... I know. Scrap it for parts or anything. I know, it doesn't seem very climate pledge it friendly. definitely no. not. No, it just does not seem like that's a good idea, but... Whatever. It all works out in the end. Yes, yes. <clears throat> you it know, does. Catherine, you're going to get pissed off at this, I'm telling you. Not me. Because <clears throat> I did. They released the 50 top shows. Oh. In well, but th this is like just someone's opinion, I think. Oh, this I thought it was like. Yeah. I thought so too, but no, it's. I think it's just like the people over at Variety or whatever the hell magazine it was. Yeah, uh, what was it? The 24th. Hollywood New Reporter or something like that. It was, well, yeah, Hollywood Reporter. So it's like the Hollywood Reporter staff's opinion. Oh. So it's not actually the most viewed or anything like oh, that. Oh, okay. Just okay. the best shows of all time. According to the Hollywood Reporter. All time beginning which makes, when? Which makes more sense. 21st century. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, there is no way The Office isn't in the top 10 top 50. shows. It's not even in the top 50. Eh, yeah. I don't know. Well, you don't think it should be in the top 50? No, I'm just saying, I don't know. It, 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 you know, people pay to get on these lists, just oh, so really? you know. Just yeah. so you know. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. I people suppose, pay, yeah. yeah, PR people want, want residuals for their, for their uh, people. You know what the so number one show was? Lie. Uh, it's going to be tough. Do the theme song. <laughs> yeah, where's Kristen Burt when you need her? I don't know. I have no idea. Mad Men. You uh, hated that show. I did not hate that show. Well, you didn't like it. I did like that show. Oh, not the last couple of seasons. Well, he was such an asshole. <laughs> but, it's you kind know, of the idea, I think. I, yeah, it is I the idea. idea. He was such an asshole, but it was such a it was a well done show. Yes. What was interesting about that show is they were highlighting how obnoxious all of these people were, 
and, and um, every college and then everybody guy, started yep. acting just like them. Yep. They did. Yeah, yeah that, that's a that's a very. It's like point. you're missing the point. I remember everyone walking around with the slicked back hair I and cheap know. suits. It started on. that like, whole. What was that? After metrosexual, it was sort of that. Yeah, that Mad Men thing. Yeah, I don't know what it was called. Mm-hmm. It was some sort of movement in the man in sure men's was. wear and what they drank and everything. Well, it was a good show, except the last season I thought was terrible. Well, not every, <coughs> most shows have a bad year. Most of them. And a lot of them are just the I last don't know year. of any show that hasn't had a really bad yeah, season. Yeah, true. And a lot of times I feel like it's at the end because they're trying to milk out one last yeah. season before they cancel yeah, it. Yeah, a good point. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have never seen this before, and we're not going to get, uh, at least I'm not going to get serious about it because I don't really give a rat's ass, but... McCarthy got voted out. GOP scrambles to find new leader. So you got your Speaker of the House been kicked out. You got the former President Trump is uh, being has been indicted. The current President is under investigation to be indicted. Uh, I mean, and his son is <clears throat> is having arraignments now. Yeah. yeah, he's probably going to jail. And we got that uh, Department of Defense guy had a dog fight ring for 20 years. He just oh, got, yeah. tell him got about arrested. That. Tell that story. That's a great story. I don't know a about guy, this. Yeah, department, oh, he was the Department of Defense Communications Director. Or it was Kevin's cousin, wasn't it? I don't oh, think geez, so. Of course, it's a black guy. Um, he was running a dog <laughs> fighting ring, which was so unbelievable. If the dog didn't die in the fight, they were clamping... Um, they were electrocuting them with jumper cables. Electrocuting dogs in their house. Frederick what? Douglas Moorfield. Uh. He was a DOD official. Yeah, he uh. was some. He was the guy that that talked to everybody about the Department of Defense. He was like a he had was way he was way high yeah, up there. Communications with, officials. With, all he, with said. big with big clearance. Where did he live that he could run a dog fighting For operation? 20 <clears throat> years. Now, where do you live you can do something like He's that? He's electric. Maryland, Judy, don't so listen I'm, to this story. I'm guessing Baltimore. <laughs> and also, this guy, like, yeah. he needs to go to prison. Well, one thing. Just like Michael Vick did back absolutely. in the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, he well, should be. President Trump, when he was president, he, he had some executive law that he got done saying that anybody that does something like this gets seven years in jail. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Biden even dared to delete that one. I mean, he deleted almost everything. Yeah. Yes, that, he did. That, the uh, first thing he did was pass like a thousand executive orders saying yeah, everything he just Trump deleted ever did everything. doesn't exist. Yeah, he just redlined everything, which yep. I didn't know that it was so easy to do that. I know. I didn't it's... think that an incoming president had that much leeway. But anyway, so I hope he does get seven years because that's a really obnoxious, horrible really thing is, to be yeah. doing. And 20 years, <laughs> no one blew the whistle on this guy. I know. Yeah. That's amazing. You would think that somebody would have been in one of these dog fights and felt terrible about what was happening and would have said something well, to just, somebody. It's crazy to me that there is an audience for that. Yeah, dog fighting. Well, we and then to watch anyway. them be electrocuted after yeah. you know they're all beat up and they didn't yeah. all didn't die enough. I mean, my God. And it looks like it was in Annapolis, so Maryland. Maryland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Jeez. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the the news the last couple of days hasn't looked made humanity look too great. You know, there's another huge strike that just started now. Uh, some pilots were threatening to no. strike. The largest U.S. healthcare strike in history just oh. began. So now there's so a healthcare strike. Don't get sick. Yeah, do not get sick. Otherwise, you're going to be in too big late trouble. for that. Why? Who? What? What is the largest healthcare industry? United Health. I will or look it, for you. Uh, I hope it doesn't it? affect me because it's. 
Yeah, you're real yeah. bad timing. Yeah, really Kaiser bad. Permanente, so I don't care. So it's out. Where is that? I want to say New York, but I don't know why I want to say that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it is. It is in. Uh, oh, never mind. It's Oakland. Oakland, California. Well, they're, hard, they're headquartered in Oakland. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But it's all over the country. Yeah. yeah. There's like 39 hospitals nationwide. Oh, God. Uh, Hawaii, wow. Washington, Oregon, California, Colorado, Maryland, Virginia, and Georgia, and DC. So oh. they provide coverage for nearly 13 million people. Oh, oh wow. Jesus. And they're on strike now. Mm, yeah. What is this well, all they, about? I don't know if they have. What are they striking about? Wages? Yet. Oh, well, they got, wages? They got, they're picketing. There's a picture of them picketing. Oh, no, yeah. They just went on strike like a few hours ago. Yes, right. So that's a new one. We're Fun stuff. <clears throat> we got the uh, auto workers. We got. I think United Airlines. They, they're that might they're be threatening right. yeah. to go on strike. When I was flying out of Newark, I saw some big bullet billboard talking yeah. about the fact that they're going to go on strike. I think there's workers in Vegas that are potentially striking as well. Like a lot of the... I didn't think they were a union state. No, no. Yeah, I don't know. I saw a headline the other day that was yeah, saying that hmm. some of the service industry... So there must be some sort of union out there. Where there. It says, Kaiser workers won't be silenced. Silenced on what? Who the hell knows? You'll have to read the story. It's one of those things that just sounds good but means nothing. <laughs> well, that's probably true. Um, so do you think it, it has to do... Well, first of all, there's something went on behind the scenes that we don't know about because everybody now thinks they're severely underpaid. And I'm not saying they're not, mm -hmm. but everybody in America thinks they're severely that's underpaid. That's because inflation for you. and yep. yeah, yeah, everything true. costs too much. Nobody, I mean... Social media, especially TikTok, is filled with all of these people saying, I, I work a full-time job, I can't afford... I, mm -hmm. 60% of their income goes to rent. 60%? Oh, yeah. 50%, 60% goes to rent, and they can't afford to save anything. Mm -hmm. They're never going to... You know, they can't afford to put anything aside for a house. Because yeah. if that's how much of your income goes to rent, you're paying taxes on top of that, you're, you've got not much Basically money every left. single no. month. And especially if you move into a place that is going to be less expensive, it's going to be in a more dangerous neighborhood. Right. You're, yeah, so yeah it's you're like stressed you're, out. Yep. Right. But yeah, it looks like the healthcare workers, oh, of course that popped up. They're trying to get $25 an hour as a minimum wage. That's a pretty big minimum wage. Well, it depends on what kind what of healthcare saying, yeah. worker it is. It's I mean, a thousand bucks a week, want, though, so it's not that much, really. Yeah, would you want to work in a hospital in, in California where your taxes are crazy That's high? True, and cost yeah. of living is psychotic. I don't, I don't I, think yeah, you, I don't, you, it's you, like New York. There's no way you can live in New York unless you're making 25 bucks an hour. Well, you can't even then. And you're not no. living large. That's not even enough there because no. it's only $52,000 no. well, a year. Well, if you have five roommates and take the subway, yeah, well, <laughs> you're okay. Yeah. You're okay oh, then. That's exactly Those it. videos of people like, here's what $3,000 a month gets you in New York, yeah. and it's like a hallway with yep. a toilet. No. Yeah, yep. like, uh, and you're sharing it. And yeah. you're sharing the toilet yeah. and probably the hallway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's uh, so. What are they going to do about this? I mean, even so, they're asking for twenty five dollars an hour. That's not yeah. enough to get by on anyway. No, and it looks like Kaiser no. proposed twenty one or twenty three dollars an hour, depending on what location you work at. So oh, okay, well, twenty three seems almost there. Yeah, but I mean, how are they going to live? That's not unless I don't know the husband, wife, and all the kids work. Well, because Oakland's right by <laughs> San Francisco, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. Yep. Oakland's right by yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, can't be cheap to live out there. No, no. Oh God, no! Absolutely. And not. Oakland has gotten real rough. <clears throat> a friend of mine's sister had lived in Oakland for years and years and years, mm -hmm. and she got out. 
Oh, did she really? She lived there forever. God, remember when we used to go to San Francisco? Uh, we had so much fun. God, it was great. It was a great town. But that was, what, about 20 years ago? Now it's a feces-covered crap hole. It is indeed. <laughs> How old were you? You were, what, about 14, 15? What stamps was No, I was like 19. Oh, you were 19? 19, maybe 20. One of the great things, I will never forget, and I've mentioned this before, but we're at a magnificent restaurant that Catherine and I ate at, so we took the kids oh, yeah. to it because it was so wonderful. And the server, the woman comes up and looks at Andy and Alex and her friend, and she goes, oh, you look like you're all over 21, and poured them all a glass of yeah, wine. Yeah, I don't even yep. think there was 16. They're like 16, no, 17, was, and 19. I was at least 18. <laughs> they were very much, they're very much more European about drinking. Yes, right. they are in San Francisco. We loved going to San Francisco. Yeah. It was so great, and then it's, now it it's just. one of my favorite cities. A disaster. Yep. Unfortunately. Sad. But what are you going to do? That's what I people know. want, so that's what they get. Yep, exactly. If, they didn't, want it, for. if they didn't want it, they wouldn't have it. Mm -hmm. But here's what I don't understand. It's not that I want anybody to die or perish or live in the streets or whatever. Well, that's nice of you. You made the decision to become a drug addict, so deal with it. Well, they say it's not their decision to become a oh, drug addict. Oh, it's not? No. Yeah, and I mean, there are some people that, because you'll get the news where they'll go out and interview everybody that lives in, like, the tent cities. And yeah. stuff. There are some yep. people that are like, we would rather live in this tent because the housing that the state provides isn't safe or isn't right. that great so there are some people that make the decision yeah. to live out there but yeah a lot of sometimes especially with the drug stuff almost all not, of it yeah because you hear those interviews theirs. all the time of people that live in the tents and it's like yeah almost everybody here's a junkie yeah why do you want to be a junkie? I've never understood that. Because they do those highly that highly addictive stuff. I yeah, mean, well, look at how many people look how many people became addicted to prescription pills. I know. During you know the whole OxyContin thing, mm -hmm. you know, and the doctors were pushing it, and because they were told it was safe, they were lied to. And that's caused crazy. an entire crisis in the Northeast yeah. and a lot of small towns. Have you guys seen these vans? So I was driving down Lake Street by kind of the Target that got burned down. And rebuilt. Oh yeah, the, off so, just off a of nickelit or whatever. Yeah, kind of by like no the way. precinct or whatever that's over yeah, there, yeah. and off <clears throat> whatever that is, Highway Five. Anyway, so there was a like red truck that was handing out like free sterilized needles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, so, like, yep, that's the, the new like, thing. That's, yep. I was like, why would why would you enable? Then I guess I get it better than dirty needles, but wouldn't you try to say, hey, let's get you off of drugs i don't understand do i believe that i believe that it is enabling yeah, i don't think is. i don't think that it's good for people i you know when people say oh what do you care what they do it's their life i don't know it's if you've got any humanity to you it hurts mm. you to watch people hurt themselves mm -hmm. yeah i don't even like watching people box and smash each other in the face it, it's like painful to watch it should upset you to know that these people are hurting themselves every single day. Yeah. I mean, they're not healthy. They're not doing this because they're in a good space. No. This is no. not a good thing. No, you don't become a heroin addict if you're doing well. No. And, no. and, and I, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess they're going to do it. And so there's nothing we can do. Handing them clean needles, I guess, is kind of a good thing. But what are they? They don't even know what they're putting in their veins half the time. Right. And if you're going to give free needle, like there should also be something next to the free needle thing. Like, hey, we also could help you potentially get off of heroin yeah. or whatever your mm -hmm. drug of choice might be. Like, it, I don't know. It, just, it was a very weird, bizarre thing to see just people handing out 
drug paraphernalia. Now, do they have those methadone clinics anymore? Or is that just for heroin addicts, or does methadone work methadone for... Methadone is for heroin addicts, yes. It yeah. doesn't work for anything else? Uh, well, it works for any opiate. Is fentanyl considered an opiate? Yes. Okay, so uh, most of these people aren't doing heroin anymore, right? No, I think they are. They are. It's just got, it just happens fentanyl. to have fentanyl in it because yeah. it's oh. cheaper. Okay. So they could do a lot more methadone-type clinics or something and get people, listen, if you go on a methadone clinic, you get in here, get drug tested, you get a house, you get a, or an apartment or something. Mm. You know, that's bribe them into sobriety. Yeah. I have a question for you. Your friend said, or the person around you said, well, what do you care? It doesn't, that doesn't bother you. Yes, it does. We have to pay for it. Well, it's not only the paying well, for it. I know it. it's not only that, but we do pay billions of dollars. Well, there's, a, there's an industrial it. complex around this. You yes. Know. There yes, are there a is. lot of people that make a lot of money off of, off of helping. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't want to solve it. Yeah, well, the that's government a very good throws point. tons and tons of money at homelessness and all of this stuff. Nothing gets resolved. Nothing gets done. A few, very few. I don't even know what the percentage. It might be like four percent. Actually, take permanent housing and get off the street. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. And we throw tons of money. We support. I don't know how many charitable organizations. There is so much support and there is so much money being thrown at this and it is not working. And you've got to wonder, is the money actually going to help people or is it to keep it a, a department of, you know, feel good people yeah. you know, that don't do anything in $300,000 salaries in the government? We have a phone call. <clears throat> and that would be... When you need someone to listen, a lawyer you know and trust... In a world filled with distractions, one law firm stands tall, fighting for justice. Bradshaw and Bryant. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. We take our mission very seriously. Our firm is dedicated to representing those who have suffered due to the fault of others, especially when they're distracted by their phones. Four seconds. That's all it takes to travel the length of a football field. But those same four seconds can change lives forever. Don't be the person who causes irreversible damage to others or yourself. Put your phone down when you're behind the wheel and be aware of your surroundings. Bradshaw and Bryant have championed the rights of the injured for over three decades. We excel at what we do. Bradshaw and Bryant is ready to fight for you. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. From Joe. It's a drug dealer? Yep. Joe. 
Okay. No, you clown. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> okay, never, never mind. Drug Sorry, consumer, sir. not dealer. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Joe? There you go. Uh, speaking of addicts and alcoholism, um, a lot of people don't really have a choice um, when they when they become to become an addict. It's like with me. Um, it, when I was in treatment three years ago, my um, our therapist told us that um, we were basically screwed from the get-go because of being, um, number one, having a, a, coming from a family of alcoholics. No, that um, help. Number two, it's just, it's in the genes. It is in the genes. It's if somebody's pretty disposed to drink, they're going to drink whether they want to or not. Some people, however, can get away from that, like my dad did when he was younger. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to break away, and I just fell down that dark rabbit hole and wound up in the situation I'm in now. Um, they, Some people do try to get away from it. As you know, I've... I tried, I tried treatment before, wound up going back into drinking. It's just, it's, any number of things can, can lead you back to drinking. Any number of things can keep you away from drinking. Same thing with drugs. Any number of things can lead you to drugs. Any number of things can keep you away from drugs. My brother's father, for instance, was a big-time drug, drug user. My brother wound up using drugs as well. Um, I thought it was, I thought he was just using, just smoking weed, but I found out towards the end of his life that he was also using crack. Oh God. Mm -hmm. And that really, that really pissed me off when I found out about that. Um, it wasn't until many years later that I realized that he didn't really have a choice in the matter. Now, a lot of people say that the, they don't believe that it's, you know, the science and stuff. But, you know, what this guy told us is, like, shit started falling into place. It's like, yeah, okay, I can see it now. Um, when people ask me how my brother died, I tell them, well, he got sober. He, it, believe it or not, that kind of did take a lot into effect of him dying because, he did it working on, he died working on a car. Well, he always used to work on cars, either drunk or stone or both. And I was, I learned that when you take away something like alcohol that you, and you were doing something and you're used to doing it that way and then suddenly you take the alcohol away, you forget things. And he forgot something and it cost him. Is it something he forgot? Something you can talk about? <clears throat> well, he he forgot to chop the back tire of of his girlfriend's truck when he jacked it up. Oh, sure. And oh. he was farting around the the transmission, and yeah. he knocked the gear lever out, and the truck rolled back on top of him. Yeah. Oh God! I used to work with a guy that happened to. He died. Car crushed him. Really. I have been scared of jacks my entire life. Oh, I, I will never go under a car that's been jacked up unless no. it's at a garage. No. Hell no. no. 
know, Joe, it's interesting oh, because yeah. what you were saying about, you know, the, the family and all the rest of it. Uh, because I, I drank, started drinking when I was 11. I quit drinking when I was 21. And then I started drinking again when I was like 31 and did for many years. But then when Catherine had had enough of that. Three I, times. I, <laughs> what? Third strike, you were almost out. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. But what's weird about that, Joe, is the fact that after drinking again for like, you know, 25 years, I quit that day and I never drank again. And I didn't have yeah, any I, negative no, reaction. No, not it's everybody weird. can do that. I know. Some people can, like Joe just said. But one thing I will tell you is a couple of years after that, so this is about, I don't know, 15 years ago, something like that, Catherine and I went out to dinner and I ordered a non-alcohol beer. And I had two non-alcohol beers, which they brought out. In I remember life. you talking about that. Yeah. Turned out to be full alcohol beer, and it didn't affect me in the least. It was weird. Why would that be, Joe? Do they know why it affects some people the way it does? And when people like me, it's like, yeah, whatever. Why is that? Uh, probably brain chemistry. I guess. Weird. I guess, yeah. When you, when you drink it, re- it literally rewrites your brain chemistry. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, some, like I said, some people can walk away from it with no problems. Yeah. I, I walked away from I didn't have a choice walking away from it. I right. Two weeks in October 2020 in a blackout drunk super. Oh, God. Jeez. And I was told by my mother that if I ever wanted her help again, it was her or the booze. And Melanie said the same thing. If I want to stay with her, it's her or the booze. <clears throat> you know, like I said, some people have people that steer them away from it. And um, others don't. I found out from my sponsor, who I also work with, that half the people we are in, in the treatment house with are now dead. Yeah, yeah, that's very that's very because, common. Yeah, they they just they couldn't stay away from it, and it's like I understand. You know, the the struggle is real. I mean, it's it's a daily struggle for everybody, no matter what what you're doing, drugs, alcohol. Um, some people with that struggle, other people have others to help them along in that struggle. Right. And there are still others that blame the user on that struggle when it's not really their fault, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's their fault that they took the drug in the first place, but they weren't aware of the consequence of the further consequences down the road of it. Until they're stuck in that hole, and they can't they can't really find their way out of that rabbit hole. Some people can, some people can. Right, but enabling them does doesn't help them, right? No, it does not. No, and that's but, why. You know, yeah, like was... you're saying, um, some people there are some people that would rather live in. You know, tent cities if they can if they can stay away from the house, the shelter housing. As I used to, I I've done that road before um, many many years ago. I, I used to work at the Dorothy Day Center in downtown St. Paul. Oh, sure. Yep. Um, on the overnight shift, and there was a lot of people that would constantly sneak around doing drugs and. 
even if you if you say something to them, they get really defensive. They get all up in your face, saying, "Oh, I wasn't doing anything." Ninety-five um, percent of the time, it was a black coach that was doing it, and you just say, "You know, take it outside," and they just get right up in your face, play the race card. No offense, Kevin. I know you're not like that, but <laughs> yes, he is. It, it, it's he's horrible. Yeah, it's like. We know what you're doing. Don't do it around the kids. Take it outside if you got to do it. Keep it out of here. Right. And, the, you know, on the other side of the coin, um, it's not just the drugs and alcohol that people have to be aware of. Um, it's also the sexual assaults and sexual harassment that can take place and has taken place inside shelters. Oh, I bet. Well, it also happens on the street, too, in the tent cities. It's not like that's a safe place mm. to be. Oh, God, I wouldn't imagine those tent cities are real safe. No. no. I would not imagine. Right, but you can't walk into a shelter mm. with a baseball bat either. Well, that's true. Well, that's a good thing. And in tent cities, they have... People that you know, it can happen, but there are also other people there that can. You know, if you're screaming out for help, people in shelters kind of like, well, I'm just going to keep to my own little corners, keep to myself. And there's not really enough staff to go around keeping an eye on everybody. No. But if you're in a tent city and you know how to help, you got at least 20, 30 guys there with bats going, who can I kill? Thanks. God, what an amazing story. Isn't that amazing that, that a thing like drugs, alcohol, whatever, just ruin human beings? I know. Well, I, I think the state of Minnesota has, bought, has purchased seven hotels, maybe more, for homeless and drug addicted. And apparently some people will not move into them because some of the, they have rules that you're yeah. not supposed to have visitors. Right. Because, yep. I mean, otherwise it's just going to become a drug dealing place yeah. most likely so there's you know, i'm just not going to go there because i can't have visitors i mean you could go outside you could go to a park and have visitors you could you know but i don't know for every solution there seems to be a problem yeah but in the middle of winter it's easier to do it inside than at a park well i know but yeah i mean you have to have some rules just like shelters you know they have to have some right. rules you can't just be doing whatever you, you feel like doing in there i don't know What's interesting about that is looking, well, look at my brother Troy. Troy was the one brother in the family that just could not stop, you know, because Terry stopped, I stopped, Todd has stopped now. Tony pretty much cut it way back after a while, but Troy just never stopped and it killed him. Yep. And he was yeah. the youngest brother of us all. I well, mean, I, yeah, a, a good friend <clears throat> of ours, daughter, she got started on at 16. I think it was fent yeah. fentanyl and some other stuff, and she was. She said, "I think I, I don't think I'm going to live through this." Jesus. And she overdosed it. I think 21. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once you uh, mm. once you do that first uh, hit of heroin, it's. I know. I always used to scare the crap out of you kids about doing drugs. <laughs> like, she did. Like, heroin <laughs> in particular, it's yeah. You often don't like, come back from that. Yeah. I was like, hey, no, no. Uh, yeah. I was really. It yeah. was. I, you can't just try it and see what it's like. No. Because you can be permanently addicted right there. Yeah, I saw a million years ago there was a documentary on the people that live in the subways in New York City. Mm -hmm. And how they were interviewing all these people. And this is years and years ago. 
And all these people live in the subway. Yep. Down oh, yeah, there yeah, in the do. dark. Yeah, they do. Disgusting rats. Uh, dis- I mean, dark, awful. Huge. Yeah, yeah. N- nasty. <laughs> the size of Jude. Yeah. And you um, the rat. They, and, uh, and these people were saying, yeah, I, I did it once. And I just mm-hmm. couldn't. I've been really? chasing that first high the ever dragon, yep. since. Mm-hmm. And I just can't stay away from it. I've lost. I had a great job. I had a great family. I have nothing. No one will talk to me. I've got no money, and I'm living in the subway, all so that I can chase that first high. And then I and I know I'm doing this, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to do it. And it's uh, yeah, do you think part of it, Joe, and you might uh, be able to jump in here very quickly because the people that I grew up with were not big drug people. They would smoke pot or drink beer. Well, there was also a stigma to it back in those days. But not in my neighborhood. You could get it. You could walk out your front door and buy it right there. Oh, really? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, Drugs were everywhere. Especially back when you were growing up, that was like the big crack epidemic and stuff like that, where it was, you could, yeah, it's like going to the grocery store and buying a Gatorade. You just go out to the street and get it. I grew up in a family. If I would have done crack, my dad would have killed me for me. So (laughs) it just wouldn't, I wouldn't have survived either way. That is kind of interesting. My friends did drink too much. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Once again, I would have been killed. It so. killed a lot. Of, it killed a lot. Well, as you know, it killed about 90% of my friends. Yep. Because they drank too much. So is that any better or any worse than taking drugs? I don't know. Oh, addiction's addiction. Yeah. yeah. Joe, what do you think of that? Well, um, as is written, an, an addiction is an addiction no matter what we're Right. How you slice the pie. Yeah. And Coke didn't really get introduced into the into the United States until the seven mid seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. So that monkey wasn't around for a while. It was just weed and, and um peyote, I think. Heroin's been uh, around forever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's <clears throat> that's been around. That used to be the painkiller of the old last. Yep, Bayer. They invented it. Really? Yeah. Bayer invented cocaine. Yeah. No, heroin. Oh, heroin! Oh, I didn't know that. Bayer heroin. They'd sell it in little bottles at uh, really? pharmacies. Because isn't there technically yeah. like medical grade heroin? I bet. Like there's a. Well, it has a medical use. Yeah, it does. Supposedly, it is the world's best painkiller. It is. And supposedly, if you use it for pain control in a controlled environment, you you don't get addicted to it. Well, so when you start using it recreationally. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to slam an entire syringe of it at one time. You're supposed to, like, slow drip it. It's like I think it's still used in some hospice care in some countries because it is such an effective painkiller. It's cheap. It, it definitely can cure pretty much any pain, but it is, yeah. But the the so reason they... They uh, say the same thing about opioids. Well, they, heroin mm-hmm. is an opioid. Yeah. It's all the same thing. It's all an opiate. Mm. Yeah, the reason they invented heroin was because the people were getting addicted to, I believe, laudanum at the time. Yeah. Which was a drink that had, I think, codeine in it. Yeah. Um, so, all those old westerns. Yep. Yeah. Anytime anyone had a headache. Some strung out bordello yep. worker. <laughs> anytime anyone had a headache, they'd reach for a bottle of laudanum and they'd chug it down. They'd get addicted to it. So Bayer was like, hmm, let's... Uh, how about a painkiller that isn't addictive? And then they made heroin, and then that Ooh, turned out to be a hundred thousand times worse. I don't think any painkiller is non-addictive. No, there's no such thing as a non-addictive no. opiate. Mm-mm. Not really. What is it? What makes it addictive? What does it do to your brain? Uh, it's 
kind Rewires of chemistry. hard to describe. Yeah, it rewires your chemistry. Yes. It also it start it, it lights up areas in your brain and mm. makes some people really? some people feel really good. Like yep. when I I had I had been given oxycontin level. Yep, I had I had been given oxycontin for a surgery and I just hated it. It made me feel terrible. I remember when I was a teenager, um, I had that fake Crohn's flare, whatever that was, mm-hmm. and they gave me a bunch of Vicodin for that, and I didn't like the way it made me feel at no, all. But no, now, but as some an adult, it doesn't do that anymore. Some people love it. My, I've had friends, oh, you got some Oxy? It's the greatest stuff. Don't you just love yeah. it? I'm like, it's horrible. It is the best painkiller in the world. You'll realize who your, like, you know, quote-unquote crackhead friends are when you get, <laughs> yeah. like, a major surgery. Like, did you get Oxy? Did you get any, like, okay, calm down. Got any extra? Got I got any some extra? Tylenol. Like, you'll be all right. <laughs> I've had a bottle of my leftover... <laughs> Um, Oxycontin. I think they gave me like thirty or something. It was thirty. My, my knee surgery. That was very. Oh, painful, that was a long time. I have ago. to say. Yeah. I still have four. I every once in a while break one and a half if I have a migraine that I can't get rid of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, but that's been like ten years. Well, I mean, it probably sh- still doesn't even. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, probably not even. A, oh, it's expired. way expired. Yes. But I'm like, I'm gonna keep this around just in case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then meanwhile, I got my uh, hernia surgery, and they gave me like. Six of them. Well, now, well, they don't give you good. crap these they days. They shouldn't give Nothing. you too many. They should just be able to manage the pain and not get you addicted. Well, there's a difference between too many and not enough, though. Yeah, but there's uh, there are other pain pills that aren't as addictive that you can go on after the initial really bad pain of a surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, Bong has helped too. What has helped? I said Bong has helped too. Oh, oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. Do we? And it's not addictive. I don't know about the coughing after a hernia surgery, though. Oh, oh God! There you go. Oh, go with a gummy. Chew a gummy. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I look yeah. at all this stuff, but I, I just kind of wonder because I've never, I've never done that stuff, so I don't even know what it feels like. You've never it, taken an opiate before? Well, maybe an opiate, but I was talking about things like heroin and that. Yeah. I did cocaine one time, and it did absolutely nothing. I think when you had your hernia surgery, they gave you some. Oxy. They must have. Well, probably that's probably true, but. I, it, it wasn't like, oh, I feel great. I mean, it never... Some people don't. They just don't. I, so maybe that's why I'm not a drug addict, because it never did anything for me. Yeah. Well, same thing with alcohol. A lot of people are like, I just don't like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do it. So is that, a, is that a genetic thing, I would imagine? I have no idea. And what do they say about that? Do they talk about genetics when you're in treatment at all, Joe? As opposed to what? No, I mean, it's a, uh, you're in a gene pool. It's not looking too good for drug addiction or alcoholism. Do they talk about that? Oh, it all depends on your relatives, your ancestors, I guess. It's you know, my dad drank, my aunt drank, my uncle drank. Uh, my dad was able to get away, break away from that um, very at a very young age. I was like five years old when he quit drinking. Um, when I, I, I actually. Before I even started at Ford, working at Ford, I had quit drinking for like four or five years. And then I started working at Ford, didn't really have much responsibility, was making a good paycheck, so I started drinking. I thought I could control it. Yeah. Boy, was I wrong. Boy, that was a good now neighborhood to drink in, out, too. Huh? That was a good neighborhood to drink in, too. Well, it didn't really get out of control until I moved down here. Oh, okay. Because, you know, at first it was just on the weekends, a pint Friday and a pint Saturday. Uh, Then it became a pint on Sunday, and then eventually it evolved to a pint every day after work. 
And then it gradually grew to this until I was um, putting away two fifths, two pints and a half pint every 24 hours. Whoa! Two fifths and a pint? No, no. Two fifths, two pints and a half pint every 24 hours. How much is that? A fifth is a bottle of liquor. Oh. What? Yep. I would throw wow. up so hard. I, I would, would too. Never be able to, that's a lot of booze. <laughs> that's quite a bit. Man, you're lucky. You are lucky to be alive. Yeah. Yeah, I've been told that. Yeah. God. I've seen it though. I've seen some guys that can hit it really, really hard, and you can't even tell they're drunk. It's really that weird. is true. You, yeah, there they was drink this, like, and they, they don't even show it. We used to know this very skinny little guy down in Florida. He was, I don't know, seventy. Talk about Billy. Yeah. That boy could drink. Woo. He would have a tumbler of vodka in the morning and just drink them all day long. All and day. And he never seemed oh, like yeah. he was drunk at all. Yeah. Never. Until, well, there. until later. Like like around 7, all of a sudden he'd had to kind of be carried right. out. Yeah, you see yeah. the legs start to get a little but, shaky. I mean, I can't like, even mm-hmm. imagine. No. <laughs> Some people can't function unless they have that booze. Yeah. Yeah. All day. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. Some people have been told that if they quit drinking, they're going to die. Yeah, it can happen. Yeah. Well, I had a friend that he used to party very, very hard. And then when he kind of got his life together and stopped doing all the hard drugs and drinking as much, his body, like, he started having seizures and had a bunch of complications as he was kind of going through the detox process. Because when your body's so used to getting those chemicals and now you don't have them, it kind of freaks out. Well, your nervous system is in a depressed state for so long. That it adjusts, it makes that new the new baseline. Mm-hmm. Then you take away that depressant suddenly. Your nervous system is way overactive. You'll start getting shakes, convulsions, yeah, seizures. That's why people go into that chemical detox. They, yep. Yeah. Put them under mm-hmm. for no. like that's ten days. Gone. Sorry. Right. Oh, go ahead. That's okay. Oh, I said that's what happened with me when I quit. Is I started having the shakes and I'd get really hot. Um, yeah, the DTs. And I, uh, there was also the hallucinations mm-hmm. uh, for many years, for, I'm sorry, many months. I kept thinking that I was hearing a radio playing and it would drive me nuts because I couldn't find it. Um, and I also had hallucinations of people dancing outside my windows. And then there was one really weird hallucination where I'd look at my uh, the carpet in my bathroom, and it looked like a line of Obi-Wan Kenobis were standing there dancing. Oh, God. Uh. Well, at least that was a fun one. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's when I realized that it's time to quit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'll I do it. I want to start thinking about quitting. Yeah. Might want to. Yeah. You don't need a sign from God. <laughs> It was kind of a sign. The, the force. You needed to, to be guided by the force yes, as well. Yes, that was, yeah, that would be scary. That would be scary. Joe, how many years ago did I meet you at your parents' house? Oh, good Lord. Um, it was 2017 because I got my, that was the year I got my first C-Max. Okay, so six years ago. And we drove it. Yeah. Yeah, the reason I'm asking you that because I don't remember when I met you, you didn't seem like you had a problem. Well, I really didn't then. Oh, okay. But like I said, that you know, it just progressively got worse, and uh, 
Also, I know better than to drink around mom. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good. By the way, that I had such fun that day. I don't know if I ever told you that, but Joe was very surprised because yeah. he called me and asked me to come to his house to meet his parents. And I hadn't met Joe yet either. I went, yeah, sure, what the hell. And showed up and wow. sat, around, sat by their pool and schmoozed with them for about four or five hours. It was a fun day. Remember that, Joe? Yep. Did you at least like did you, know yeah, him from did the you show? Run a was no, this just this not, was just a no random? I had never met Joe in my life when he called and said, "Hey, come on over." That's that's right. very trusting of you. Yeah, it's a and like, and I'm not saying like Joe doesn't seem like Joe doesn't. Yeah, Joe yeah, Joe's untrustworthy like person. <laughs> but like, if a stranger called me and was like, "I want you to come over and meet my parents," I'd be like, "Let's no. meet in public mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was in Invergrove Heights, so it wasn't that dangerous. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. that makes sense. What? <laughs> now it makes sense. Uh, never mind. See, Joe, they're saying I shouldn't have done it. You were surprised when I showed yeah, well, up. I remember that. Yeah, I'm sure he was. Yeah, but you and I have actually, actually talked on the phone quite a bit before yeah. you even came oh, over. Okay. So yeah. there is that. Yeah, okay. there is that's, that. That's a bit, a bit better. As long as it wasn't like just a random message and you're just out here meeting yeah, a strangers. Hey, yeah, like, yeah, oh, sure. No, no. Well, not to mention Joe's been like calling into the show for... It was years before that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that I retract yeah. your statement. I guess. Like. Yeah, well, I, mean, the, uh, text, I think I, I think he was okay with it because um, you should see some of the texts that made Doc and Pass rip each other apart with. Oh my he God. Probably, probably, <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. Yeah. You should see these Doc and Jeff Pass old emails. <clears throat> it's like. Are you are you nuts? These emails guys, are not text messages. No. Well, some are emails. For the text. last time. Some are emails and some are text messages. I think they're all texts. Yeah. Pass those send us emails, I can just tell that this is a conversation you've, <sighs> that you've had a million times of that is an email, not a text I'll, I'll message. I'll text time. Oh, I got your email. I'm like, I didn't send you an email. Yes, you did. It said, I'm like, oh, it's a text message. Ah! What's the difference as long as I got the message? It's a difference. An email is an email. Catherine, a text Catherine. message is a text message. Just Catherine. go with it. <laughs> I stopped getting irritated about that a long time ago. Yeah. Message. Uh, See, you say correspondence. Message. Oh, yeah, your correspondence. Yeah, your, my correspondence. Some sort of electronic yeah. correspondence <laughs> there you go. I was your EC. sent. I don't know how it showed up. but Well, Joe, you need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Oh, do you think we helped anybody out today by listening? Huh? You think we've helped anybody today by listening to this? 
That's entirely up to them. Mm-hmm. It is yep. entirely They're up to dead. them. It's, no control. It's their. It's on them to take the first step if they want. If they want to quit, if they want help. I mean, I've said it before. I'm available anytime to talk to. Um, I've actually since I started since I well quit drinking and started t- talking about it on your show. I've actually had a few people reach out to me and ask, uh, and. and you, you got to take that first step. Speaking of that first step, has anybody heard from Polly lately? I have not at all. No, it's been a long time. So what do you think? Oh, I try not to. Mm. You think it's bad? Well, I know he's listening. We thought it was a bad deal when Mike from Blaine disappeared, and... He's back. He, he came back. A few months later, and yeah, he's back. He, months. It's been like six years, I think. Had, no, no, he just he came back a few months ago. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. But, and from what I gather is he had to deal with something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had to separate himself from what he knows to do it. Maybe Polly's the same way. I hope so. You know, what what I've been through with alcoholism and what I've seen friends and what I've seen acquaintances go through it, you know, both bad and good. I hope for the best for everybody that's yep. dealing with it. Yeah. You know, that is true. It just all it takes is to reach out to one person that cares. You know, I I've read many articles. And the comments to article, these articles, people are saying, well, they don't want to quit. You know, well, you don't know that. Oh, I've tried to help them quit. Well, okay. Did you hold their hand or did you say, you need to do this on your own? Or did you say, I'm here for you if you want to reach out? See, there's a difference. Yeah. You know, yeah. saying, well, you don't want to quit. Or if, you, if you don't want to quit... It's on, no, actually, it's not on me, kind of. You can't help anybody that doesn't actually want to. Yeah. Well, that's one thing. Mike Lindell from Mm MyPillow, whatever you want to think about him, I don't really care. That guy will act, I mean, people call him for help. He will get you help. He will. He's great to people that way. Yep. See, that's the one thing I was doing. He is one of the best. Addiction recovery stories I've ever heard. Yeah, mm-hmm. he sure is, and he'll help anybody. So, yeah, you know, maybe human beings should learn that to judge someone on their face just because he didn't believe in the election. And by the way, do you know how many elections have been rigged in this country over the fact? I'm not saying that one was, mm-hmm. but I'm just all saying. What is every election that's probably ever exactly been had in the they're all of this cheated on every election. So to go after somebody that hard, but he did believe in Donald Trump, and he's a good friend of Donald Trump's and all the rest of it. And he gets to do that in America. Right. Well, right. no, you don't actually. Not I guess anymore. actually you, you can don't. Only believe in the right. That's person. right. You cannot believe in him, or but, um, they will get you. All right, we have a caller for Joe. Oh, Joe, you got a call. Yeah, maybe it's a good call. Hey, Tom. Hey, Joe, this is Neil in South Carolina. How you doing, Neil? I am doing all right. I'm loving your conversation. and uh, Thank you. I did want to call. I wanted to give you a shout-out. Several months back on uh, Tom's Facebook page, I posted a funny meme 
of Mike Lindell mm-hmm. with uh, James Hetfield's face yeah. on that cutout. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it said, gripping my pillow tight. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious and perfect for Tom's page, considering it's freaking Mike. <laughs> and and some uh, trolley ass clown jumped on me. And, I can't believe you like Mike Lindell. You're a horrible human being. What <laughs> like, ever? I'm like, I'm like, it's freaking funny. Yeah, exactly. It's hilarious. Right. And uh, Wendy, Wendy, Wendy chimed in and started talking trash to these two guys. All right. <laughs> but, but then Joe goes, hold on, Wendy. I got this. <laughs> Joe came to the rescue. Which, which I appreciated. But it's like, also, I'm incredibly sarcastic, and I'm having fun with these guys. So, I mean, I kind of got it under control, but I just uh, thought it was amazing. And that just goes to show how close your listeners are that don't even know each other. No, it is amazing how you got you people do. You have these friendships all across the world, and uh, you know people from different countries become friends. It's just wonderful. I love that. Right. Yeah, I don't remember Minnesota, living here. Do you? Yeah, I, I still see that guy. Uh, I don't know if I should yeah. his name on the air or not. <laughs> what, what, happened, what happened, Tom, was is, is they, he posted that that meme, and it was funny, and I laughed at it. And uh, I think I know who you're talking about. Just went nuts, and I said, look, I said, we're here to have fun. There's no political bullshit allowed. You get you start getting political, and I'm going to toss your ass out of here. <laughs> yep, I, and then he started getting exactly out of I said, okay, goodbye. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, that was great. What are you gonna do? And Neil said, "Right, I tossed both him and his wife out of the group." <laughs> oh, Get out! Right, you can leave right, and take your wife with. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let stuff like that even get to me, but I'm like, I'm about to drive up to Charlotte here and hop on a plane to Minneapolis because this guy's pissing me off. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't. So Neil, where'd you, grow, where'd you grow up, Neil? Uh, Richfield. Oh, you did? Okay. How'd you end up in Carolinas? They're beautiful. Um, my sister, yeah. I know you guys had a great trip, didn't you? Oh, God, it was beautiful. I love, yes, I love North I have Carolina. not been to the cashews. I, I messaged you, Catherine, to go to a to Cherokee. And because uh, you guys were on the Blue Ridge, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Cherokee. It's, like, it's amazing how you're driving through the mountains. It's just nothing but windy roads and beautiful scenery. And then yep. you come you're out of the like, tunnel and you're like, holy shit, there's a casino. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, stuff is carved into into the woods yeah. that you would never know if you didn't you know, oh, yeah. if you didn't hear about well, it. You get to you get to Gatlinburg and it's like, all right, Las Vegas had a baby with the state fair, and here's Gatlinburg. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good take, Neil. I like that. I'd go to head up the road a little bit to Pigeon Forge. It's not as crazy as Gatlinburg. Pigeon that's what Forge. I've heard. I've heard that that's a good place. So you're you live in Charlotte. No, I live in uh, Greenville. Well, technically Malden, but it's like the Richfield of Greenville, South Carolina. Right. Oh, because there's a Greenville, so. North Carolina, too, right? Yep. It's confusing. That's not the one. I think we'd like that one better because we are mountain folk. So. You're mountain folk from mountain well, folk from Richfield. Yeah, not a lot of mountains in Minnesota. <laughs> well, That's why they move. When, I like the mountains. We did too. move. We did move up to Two Harbors for a while. Oh, now. that's beautiful. Oh, okay. We lived right on uh, Phoenix 61, 
just before you get to town, and that was pretty amazing. It was colder than hell, but yeah, yeah. but you got to go to the it new scenic amazing. cafe, didn't you? I drove past it every day. I love that place. What a great oh. restaurant! I don't know if it made it through COVID. Really, I new heard, scenic I don't, cafe? No, I don't. I don't think it did. Oh no! But if Let's you're up see. that way, you got to go into the Vanilla Bean. There you go. They have the uh, what is that? They had their corned beef hash. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the corned beef is braised in uh, what's the brewery up there? It's braised in their beer, Castle oh. Danger Brewery. Oh, Castle and, Danger, oh, that's right. Mm, yeah. Oh, it's just amazing. <laughs> New Scenic Cafe oh, is so still open. Oh, so is it's it? still okay. open. Yay! Okay. Yep. I love it. Love to hear yeah. that. We'll be heading back. We're coming uh, Thanksgiving week, so might try and. Make a trip up there. Yeah, come on. Yeah, honest to God, Neil, I love the fact you're calling in. And, Joe, uh, you got. I love the support you get when you call in. A lot of people call in, you know, maybe not on the air, but they call in and talk about how much they love it when you go on talking about these things. That's kind of nice, don't you think? Well, there's a lot oh, yeah. of people you... There's a lot of people struggling with addiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have uh, I won't go into details, but I've been there. And uh, right. it's hard. It's hard. I've been through some stuff that I had to when he was talking about the predispositions and how sometimes it's your fault, sometimes it's not your fault as far as addiction goes. Is I have degenerative disc disease mm. and spinal stenosis, and I've been snowboarding and moving hot tubs, pool tables, and outside X for my life. Had to have surgery about 10 years ago, but before I had the surgery, I was on uh, Vicodin. Yep. Like that. For like nine years. Oh. <laughs> yep. And I wasn't, I was actually taking less. And uh, yeah, I had to stop that cold turkey, and that one was very unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And what a world. Back, back to pushing the pills. I used to have a doctor in Bloomington. He was my primary care, like since I was a kid. And this was probably when they really started pushing opioids. I went in there for, because uh, I had the flu. He's like, all right, we're going to give you some antibiotics. Are you achy? I'm like, oh, yeah. He's like, crap. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to give you a prescription of some Percocet. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is Percocet? He's like, oh, it's, it'll help with the pain. Mm-hmm. He gives me a bottle of yeah, 40 with a refill. 40 with like, a refill for a flu. <laughs> wow. <laughs> God. Wow. I, later in life, I, and I think I was like maybe not even 18 when he did that. And I was talking to a, you know, a Richfield friend of mine and his dad was sitting in the garage. And he's like, oh, yeah, I love that doctor. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I used to get a lot of dental work. Every time I got some dental work done, I'd get, like, two weeks' worth of uh, Vicodin. I don't think they would do that anymore. Not in, no, that now you can. If I was a doctor, no. nobody would go to me. I'd be like, no painkillers for you. You're going to become an addict. <laughs> I, just, I just had to have a, a broken, infected tooth pulled. And I had oh, to do that's... it on a Sunday because I couldn't eat time off of work. So I drove an hour and a half by myself. Not thinking about the drive home. Oh. And it took the dentist like two hours of drilling and pounding, and it was just the worst. (laughs) And he gave me an ice pack and some Advil. Yeah, they won't give you anything anymore. You could have a grenade (laughs) go off in your mouth, and they'd be like, take some Tylenol. Yeah, I recently got my wisdom teeth out, and they gave me like super strong Tylenol, essentially, is what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they went overboard, and like they don't give you anything for anything anymore. It's like they used to give you. Yeah, they used to give you like a pallet of uh, Vicodin for a stubbed a toe. Pallet. <laughs> and now it's like you could you have your arms severed, and they'll be like, uh, "One Vicodin will probably cover that'll do that. it." <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, the military, they just say, drink more water and walk it off. Well, I don't know yeah. what you guys get, but I, every time I'm, I'm crawling so sick I can't even hold my head up, they're like, you're fine, go home. Yep. It's, a, it's a virus. Mm-hmm. Throw some dirt on oh, I'm like, for three months? That's the, that's, the FedEx, that's the FedEx law, life, if you're sick, too bad. Like even even through COVID, where we were working at like Christmas numbers for damn near two years because yeah. no one was leaving the house. Yeah. I mean, I, I had COVID, and they were like, don't tell anyone. <laughs> don't <laughs> tell anyone. And don't sneeze on the packages. They are a little secret. <laughs> don't feel very good. Yeah, you're, in a, you're basically in a truck by yourself most of the day. Yeah. yeah don't sneeze true. on the packages. Don't and that was, of course, I had to get it like a week after they stopped paying people to stay home. Oh. Of course. The driver who driver who probably gave it to me, he was like, I had two weeks off, fully paid. I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we only got about two minutes left, so I want to run something by everybody, including Joe and Neil. Um, I don't know how he does this. I have no idea how he does it. But every time we're in the studio, Jude, our dog, right at the top of the hour, comes over and looks at me. Yeah, how does he know what time it is? Because he wants to go for a C A R R I D E. I know, <laughs> but how does he know it's exactly? Yeah, he knows noon. it's noon. It's yeah. it's yeah. weird. He knows he knows exactly what time it is Apple, all the time. Got an Apple smart collar. Yep. <laughs> he's just a smart cancer people. Yeah, they do. They detect cancer in yeah, people. Some they of them do. do. It's true. Diabetes, everything. Yeah. All right, boys, we're gonna head home in a couple of minutes. But thank you, but keep calling in. I love talking to people from around the country and getting their views on things. Absolutely, Tommy. Anytime. Thanks, boys. I appreciate it. All right, go Twins. I love it. I got my Twins hat on. We're going to go. We're going to go to the game today. I forgot forgot to put mine on this morning, dang it. Put it on tomorrow. Our terminal terminal manager here in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina's brother, played for the Twins in 1986. Really? Wow. Uh, What was his name? Something. I don't know. We just call him D.B., <laughs> DB. His initials. Dead I can't body. remember that. His... <laughs> he got mad at me because I called him uh, uh, Robert Goulet behind his back, only he was standing behind my boss. Oh, d- does he <laughs> look like Robert Goulet? Exactly like Robert Goulet. Well, he shouldn't, shouldn't be but, too hard to track down then. Well, it was super It was super funny. Was his but, name Dennis Burt? Maybe. That's the only DB <laughs> on the 1986 <laughs> Twins roster. Do you have a photo? Does he look like Robert his... Goulet? No, no, his brother looks like Robert Goulet. I can't remember his brother's oh. name. The terminal manager is D.D. Oh, so oh okay. Robert something? Real. Randy Bush? I Randy funny. Bush. No. Not Randy Bush? Been, but, oh, I gave him a hard time, though. I said I had to, you had to get your brother kicked off the team before they won the World Series, huh? Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm sure that went over well. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't Randy Bush. He was on that team. <laughs> All right, boys, we got to go. We'll talk to you soon, though. One more thing real quick. Yes, sir. Does anybody else find it disturbing that when he says DB, I think deadbeat, Catherine goes right to dead body? (laughs) That's what it is on all the crime shows. Found a DB. I'm a douchebag, usually. Douchebag, yeah, that's true. (laughs) I watch way too many crime shows. That is going to do it. We will talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) 